And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. Don't want a dog. I can't imagine actually having a hippopotamus for Christmas, but it could be fun. It'd be a little ruckus around the house, but then there always is on Christmas morning. And it's uh, beginning to look a lot like Christmas across British Columbia, uh, and especially here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We're getting ready and into the holiday spirit uh, now that Christmas is uh, but three weeks away. Hey, this weekend is the Vancouver Sun and online. I'll be talking about fortified wines. I'm going to be exploring port, sherry, and Madeira, the three kingpins of fortified wine. And uh, at the end of the column, I will provide a list of ten wines to fortify your holiday drinking. So if you're interested in uh, uh, some kind of sweet-styled dessert wines, uh, fortified wines, you'll want to check that out. Uh, oh, and next weekend, I'll be putting together a holiday wine cellar. for. Uh, these are must-have wines for entertaining at home this season. You just pick them up, stick them in a box, put them downstairs or wherever you can hide them away, and then when someone drops by, you just pull them out. You look like a genius. you got a great bottle of wine, and you're all set to go. Following week, I'm going to do Christmas dinner. I know uh, sometimes there's a lot of angst about what to serve. Uh, we'll sort that all out for you, and we'll make it uncomplicated so that everybody gets something great to drink. Finally, uh, the week after, as we head into the New Year's, uh, between Christmas and New Year's, we'll have a look at some of the dazzling sparkling wine and champagne options available here in the province. Now, on the show today, Charlie and Jesse Bessler, they're partners at Corselet Estate Winery in the Similkameen Valley, and we join them for an intimate conversation about what it takes to uh, to run a winery, have a family, and uh, be connected, still be connected. Uh, you won't want to miss that. And a bit later in the show, we connect with Dominga Cotarella. Uh, Dominga's father, Ricardo, and her brother, Renzo, are very famous Italian winemakers. Uh, it's a very well-respected family. The wine is great. You won't want to miss that. She's got big energy. Uh, and then we'll make a stop in the equally wild Garnet Valley Ranch, just outside of Summerland. Guess what? We're going to talk about lavender, vegetables, and wine live from the Garnet Valley. But next, Robin Shea. He's the export manager at Poggio El Tesoro. He'll talk to us about the famed wines from the region of Bulgari, Italy. This is BC Food & Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we are set to go. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. It's the most colorful time of the year, and the same goes for wine. At Save on Foods, fall means a shift to deep reds and fuller-bodied whites. Discover more than 1,300 BC VQA wines all in one place. And right now, pick up any four bottles at Save on Foods and get 10% off your purchase because nothing pairs with the cool air quite like a fantastic local vino. Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods with 22 locations. Find yours at saveonfoods.com. For mountain adventures and Okanagan wine, experience Penticton this holiday season. Visit one of over 80 nearby wineries with an intimate winter wine tasting. You can also sample local ice wines or pick up a holiday gift pack, basket, or even a case of wine. Can't make it in? Shop online and have the wine shipped right to your house. Before you go to Penticton, make sure to check the website for information on wine tours, tasting room hours, and highway conditions. And for more trip inspiration, go to visitpenticton.com. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like REMAX. 
Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. The flavors of the region come alive at 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Asuyas. Enjoy lakeside dining inside or outside on the patio. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to offer up top-notch, seasonal, and locally inspired menus to complement the unmatched views of beautiful Lake Asuyas. For an unforgettable dining experience, 15 Park Bistro is the lakeside place to be. Now open for breakfast Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8. To find out more, visit 15parkbistro.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul with a corncob pipe and a... Hello, BC. Only three weeks to go until Christmas. Can you believe it? Uh, We've got a lot on the show today, so let's uh, get right into it. Uh, we recall a chat we had with Robin Shea, export manager for Poggio El Tesoro. This is a, f- a favorite winery of mine in a favorite region that I can't wait to get back to. Of course, that's in Bulgari, in uh, Tuscany. It's it's over on the west coast of Tuscany. Uh, when you arrive in Bulgari and begin to move around on its uh, most famous roads, the celebrated Cypress Line Boulevard, uh, this is a, an amazing place uh, and a very evocative, the Bulgarese Road. You realize that there's no flat terrain, but just a contiguous series of terraces which sort of build from the ocean on up into the hills, and the gradual slope is where these grapes uh, really shine. Let's bring on Robin to tell us more. Robin, you were a natural fit to represent this wine. Well, you know, I'm a kid from Napa Valley, and so I grew up, uh, you know, going up and down the Silverado Trail, and there's something about Bulgari that really reminds me of that that beautiful spot in the world, and that um, it's coastal, so there's a coastal influence. The soils are alluvial, and yep. uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, Cab Franc, really thrive there. Uh, Bulgari mm-hmm. um, is located within, you know, the greatest vineyards of Bulgari are within two miles of the coast, so um, it's closer than Napa is to San Pablo Bay, and it's, and it's closer... Um, to that kind of briny ocean uh, influence than Bordeaux. Yeah. And so the two of these things together kind of make these, these the, it's been called Italy's Napa Valley, but at the same time, there's something distinctly Mediterranean, very savory about the wines that come from here. Mm-hmm. Savory is the word. And I know I, I have, I tried to explain that on the show many times. There's about three or four places that work for me, like Bulgari, uh, if you taste a wine from Bulgaria, you taste a wine from uh, the high altitudes in Argentina, uh, and you taste a wine from the South Okanagan, uh, they all have this sort of savory uh, undercurrent, and it's one of the greatest components of wine for me because because it's it's just it, it seems to pull everything else together, the fruit, the acid, the tannin, which is always good, but to have the savoriness, this umami, I think that's what really sets the, this style of wine apart. I agree. I, I very rarely see Italians salt their food, and I think a lot of it's because some of their wines are so savory that, that that's why they're so food-friendly and they kind of bring out the best in, in food as, as a pinch of salt can on occasion. Yeah. Easy to sell Italian wine. Is it easy to sell uh, wines from Bulgari? Um, well, you, um, no, it's actually... Bulgari is, is kind of a... It's a very popular and very... Uh, fashionable appellation at the time, but I, I find that there's something that's 
really controversial about the appellation because uh, frequently um, people say that Bordeaux varieties are planted in, yeah. in you know, Tuscan terroir, and, and then there's this idea that maybe, um, you know, there's some sort of Johnny-come-lately, this idea that we could produce wines, you know, to compete with Napa and Bordeaux in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. But Marley Salagrini, the owner of Poggio Tesoro, always says, Robin, remember, it was the Italians that bought, brought the grapes to France, not the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> and so she yeah, totally to right. remind me of the fact. Yeah, and, and she says that actually Cabernet Franc, which is one of our strongest plays at Poggio Tesoro and in Bulgari, um, was, is closely linked to an ancient uh, varietal which was cultivated on the Tuscan coast called Biturica over 2,000 years ago. So um, there is something very ancient to this 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 land of the vine, which is Italy. Although Bulgari's in Appalachian doesn't really come into being until kind of uh, the early '90s from a legal yeah. standpoint, and really the mm-hmm. 1967 vintage with the recognition of, of Sassicaia as a super Tuscan um, in 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 modern times. Yeah. Uh, our guest is Robin Shea. He's the export manager for Poggio El Tesoro, which is in uh, Bulgari in, on the Tuscan coast. Uh, well, you, you mentioned 2,000 years and, and plenty of uh, ancient connections for this wine. Let's talk about uh, today at Tesoro. How, how would you describe uh, Poggio El Tesoro and in, in, uh, its uh, raison d'etre in Bulgari? How, what's happening there? Well, well, first, the, the name itself, Poggio Tesoro, I always assumed uh, that, you know, it, you know, Poggio is hillside in Tuscan and Tesoro is treasure. And, and it wasn't until I had been working for the estate for 10 years that, that Marilise actually said, well, Robin, you know, the Tesoro isn't a reference to the terroir, which is one of Tuscany's most pricey and exclusive appellations right now. It's a closed appellation. There's only 1,300 hectares. 44 producers, uh, really, really qualitatively uh, focused appellation. She said, DeSoto is a reference to the female hereditary line of the Allegrini uh, family. And she referenced, you know, her own contribution. Marilisa has been dubbed as a, as a Cavaliere di Lavoro or knighted. That's basically knighted as a captain of industry by the Italian president. And, um, and her daughters, um, are also uh, involved in this estate, both of whom are very accomplished young women. One is a medical doctor, the other one's a PhD candidate in philosophy. And mm-hmm. Marilisa said that in the Allegrini family, there's always been a huge contribution of the female hereditary line to the success of the estate. Marilisa is a sixth generation owner, seventh generation. Uh, Carlota and Caterina are deeply involved in Poggio Tesoro. And, and really, what this estate is about is, um, you know, kind of pushing quality, but also as this young generation takes uh, more and more of an active role, uh, sustainability and uh, really focusing on leaving our lands in a better place than that which we found them for the next generation. Yeah, that's a fantastic. Uh, well, I, I met Marlisa many years ago in in uh, Italy. Very impressive woman at the time. She was she was uh, she was young at the time. Well, I mean, she's still young, but she she was very. Uh, very outgoing and very outspoken about what she was going to do in the wine business, and it seems like she's accomplished all of that and more uh, since then. Let's talk about this wine uh, in the market. The Il Seggio was in the market the 2018. I assume it's still around in restaurants and in private wine shops. It's sold out at the moment, but we'll be getting the 2019. What is Seggio? What's what's the blend there, and what can we look forward to in a wine like that? So Il, Il Seggio is a blend of 40% Merlot, 30 Cabernet Sauvignon, 
20 Cab Franc and 10 Petit Verdot. Those are the, the kind of classic uh, varieties mm-hmm. that you find in the Appalachian. Um, the, the name El Sejo refers to a creek which runs uh, through, called, uh, through the Appalachian of Bulgaria, and, and that creek, of course, left by, uh, behind a lot of pebbles and that alluvial soil, which um, those Bordeaux varieties really love. Uh, Merlot, in particular, is an early ripening variety, and this was a wine uh, that we didn't make until the 2014 vintage, which was referred to as the summer that never was. It's because it was a cold, wet vintage, and um, we declassified most of our Grand Van. We have make a wine called uh, Sondraia, which is a Bulgari Superiore, mm. and the Superiore appellation is that which carries the wines of Ornelia, and Guadaltasso, and all the Super Tuscans, and, and usually they're very, very expensive wines, and ours isn't an exception to that, but in the 14th vintage, we declassified about 65% of our wine, and we made this wine called El Sejo, which was Merlot-based, precisely because Merlot was our earliest ripener. And we released the wine on a whim, and um, it scores 98 points in the Tuscan Red of the Year by Decanter. And so we stumbled upon something, which was Merlot in cool vintages or replicating cool uh, climate conditions by night harvesting and really taking care of our Merlot can produce really lovely, elegant results. And, and also, uh, Italy's probably most expensive wine called Masetto is 100% Merlot and produced within yeah. a few hundred yards of, of this particular creek. So Merlot has something to say in the Appalachian, even if Cabernet Sauvignon is the kind of king of the grapes in terms of uh, acreage planted. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. When you m- mentioned Masetto, you don't need to say anything to me. I- I'm, I'm to know that this wine is just uh, across the creek from that is fantastic. Uh, well, that's a, uh, it's such a great place, uh, Bulgari. Also, it's a wonderful little, uh, tiny little village, a great place to eat. Of course, you mentioned the coast. Uh, you can go to the beach there. There's all kinds of things going on. It's, it's really kind of a nice getaway for people who spend too much time in Florence or Siena. I agree. It's it's such a low key uh, place, and there's some fantastic seafood restaurants along the coast there in Chechnya, and really just a, it's it's much kind of a less traveled uh, part of Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And then the town in this town of Bulgari, there's the great Enoteca Tognoni, which I'm sure you've been to, Anthony, which mm-hmm. is such a funny place because you hear these gentlemen, you know, coming in from the fields, and you know these really heavy Tuscan accents and. Um, you know, they, they want to drink a glass of Merlot. Uh, they're not interested in a glass of Sangiovese. And if you propose yeah. to them something from Chianti, they talk about, you know, how how bitter and sour it is. It's really funny because <laughs> usually you don't hear that in a Tuscan accent. But these guys like their Merlot. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Great place. Robin, fantastic to catch up with you. I can't wait to uh, catch up with you again, perhaps in Italy, if not in Vancouver, uh, uh, sometime in the near future as we get away from this covid uh, protocols and all the rest of it i look forward to it thanks for joining us today on the show we really enjoyed it and we'll be looking for the poggio al tesoro il seggio and the sondraia these are uh, available in private wine shops around vancouver and uh, should return to government stores as uh, supplies uh, 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 dictate i guess thanks so much outstanding thank you anthony yeah, thanks. That that was Robin Shays, the export manager for Poggio El Tesoro, and we've been talking about the DOC of Bulgari uh, on the uh, coast of Tuscany. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. 
take your wine appreciation to the next level and become a rebel. Welcome to the Rebel Club at Liber Farm and Winery. As a Rebel member, you'll enjoy a regular shipment of exemplary Liber wines for your cellar, along with complimentary tastings and VIP treatment at the winery and more. And with the ease and convenience of online ordering, your wine will be shipped straight to your door. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines. Relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan this holiday season. Discover fantastic wine, enjoy festive events and offers, pick up some holiday gifts, or sample some South Okanagan ice wine from over 180 of BC's finest wineries. From Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench, to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country, right down to Oliver Asoyu's Wine Country. Before you go, look for community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration at visitsouthokanagan.com. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers collectors a safe, inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. They are experts in the field with the knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Hello, British Columbia, and uh, happy holidays to everybody from all of our team here at uh, BC Food and Wine Radio. And a special shout out to listeners across the province, including everyone from Victoria to Fort St. John. Uh, here we recall an amazing visit to Garnet Valley Ranch uh, in Summerland earlier this year. We had the opportunity to see the vines and the vegetable gardens in full bloom. And uh, we spoke with farmer Thomas Tumbuck. He's the owner of Locomotion. And Tony Boot, she's the owner of Oasis Lavenders Cooperative, two very interesting individuals growing vegetables and lavender right next to the grapevines. Now, that's what we call mixed farming. Here's that conversation beginning with my assertion that uh, they have it, what they have at Garden Valley is amazing soil composition, or what we like to call a nice piece of dirt. It's amazing. This uh, spot is has been collecting minerals, and the soil has uh, gradually over time, I think, become better and better for vegetable farming as opposed to, say, grapes that yeah. might prefer a different type of soil. Uh, it's organic farming? Yes. What does that mean for, for vegetables? We kind of know what it means for for uh, grapes. Is it different or same? Well, or? It, it is uh, different in a lot of ways. I guess you got to go back to where the root of organic farming comes from. So organic is referring to the organic matter in the soil yeah and organic matter does number of things for the soil one is structure it holds moisture it it creates drainage opportunity for the soil so when you farm organically you're building a soil 
and you're basically creating uh, the perfect conditions for vegetables to grow. So mm. the longer we're here, the more cover cropping we do, the more compost we spread, all the practices we do, we're trying to baby the soil along. So it's this perfect matrix for, for vegetables. Uh, Thomas Tumbach, he's from Locomotive uh, Organic Delivery. Tony Boot, you're growing lavender around the corner. Is it the same or different for you? Uh, why is it a good spot for lavender? Lavender needs a lot of sun. Mm-hmm. It needs uh, fast draining soil, and it needs um, very little in nutrients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the things that um, Thomas is building up in his in his farm for uh, compost with compost and or organics right um we don't we don't do don't that. that we yeah. don't need that we do plant when we put the babies into the ground we do use some um organic compost mm-hmm. uh just to give them a little boost of nitrogen and then they're on their own and are they like vines do they last 20 30 40 years or how long does a lavender plant last well they are perennials but you know 10 12 15 years maybe mm. we will be replanting um as through the years, yeah. uh, every 10 years. Okay. Uh, let's go back to vegetables. So uh, October has got to be a fantastic time. It's a great harvest time. What, what are the sort of things that will be coming in uh, all month? Well, at this time of year, we're really trying to bring the harvest in. So we've left the crops in the ground so that they get that fall sweetness, which comes with the colder weather right. and the shorter days. And so things like the root crops, carrots, mm-hmm. beets, uh, potatoes, and then, of course, the fall squashes, pumpkins, anything in those families. Yeah. And uh, they're all coming off really nicely, a really good harvest for those. Mm. And is, is that the kind of thing you recommend eating right away, or are those the things you want to store all winter? Uh, they seem like crops that could be stored. but They are. They're, we, we grow them to be capped, so we try to get them to the perfect size, which is usually fairly large, and they go into a, a storage mm-hmm. facility and uh, we can chip away at those for the next six months, so well yep. into April. So if I was here in the summer, what like what are some of the other things? You, are you growing tomatoes here, for instance? Yes, so yeah. we grow a, a variety of vegetables. We grow up to about 40 different kinds of vegetables wow. on the property. Wow. And uh, we rotate the crops around so they all get a different spot every year. And then uh, we, we also do have some perennials, so we have things like asparagus and strawberries that grow in the same place every year. Mm. But... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of variety, and it's a very uh, it's a very busy season where you're trying to basically keep up with all the production and and yeah. keep on top of all the crops. And there's corn here too, I think. Is yeah, we not? do. We yeah. we have some corn. How's we, that doing? Uh, it, it it does okay. We are a slightly higher altitude, so we don't grow a lot of corn. It's more just for our favorite customers who. Mm. Can can get a little taste of corn from our properties. Yeah. So, yeah. And Tony, what 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 can we do with lavender? What what's the plan? Is it uh, is it a flower? Is it a herb? Is it a is a something you <laughs> you cook up? I don't know. I, I don't know much about lavender other than I know it smells great. Tony, there are so many things. Yeah. What you said, yes, it's a flower. It's an herb. Uh, we'll be making essential oils starting next year from the the different varieties that we've planted Mm. we have they're kind of separated into two culinary lavender and then ones that have a higher oil content right 
Uh, you have to grow them for three years before you can get the essential oils out of them. Mm. Uh, we are already making value-added products using our lavender buds. And right now we're purchasing uh, organic essential oil, lavender essential oil. Uh, and we use organic products uh, as much as we can. We source those um, and yeah, so that philosophy and it goes along with our commitment to organic farming. Yeah. In terms of the farming, like do you get uh, one crop a year or two crops or does it stay up all year? What, what? Um, no, it doesn't stay up all year because um, after the, the buds form yeah. and change color, then the flowers actually open and that's where, that's where the bees come in and they're interested in that. But we want to harvest uh, when just a few of the flowers are actually open. Okay. So we'll harvest, and, and the different lavenders that we have, we have eight different varieties right okay. now. Yep. They all come into bloom, you know, kind of one, one after, after the, the other. other. Right. And so, uh, over the time from probably late June to mid-July is our first harvest. Mm -hmm. And then um, we we'll have done our second harvest. So now we're, we're finished our second harvest. Right. And um, getting getting the the farm ready for the winter. So oasislavender.ca, is that where we get the product? Is that the best place to... Uh, Within a few days, our yeah. store will be online. Oh, great. Um, we really wanted to capitalize on the gift market, like the, the holiday yep. markets that the are coming up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we started that work um, August, Yeah. Uh, you know, getting the pictures done sure. and getting all of the products ready and, you know, all of that that has to go into online marketing. And what would be something that I should be buying for the holiday season? What, what would you recommend for someone who doesn't really know much about it, wants to discover it? Well, um, there are all kinds of different products, um, culinary products that you yeah. might use in baking um, or in a tea, for example. And then there are... Um, there's hand and body soap, lotion bars, wow. uh, shaving bar, shampoo bars, okay. all of those kinds of things. Right on. And we're expanding year over year. And Thomas, uh, how do we work with you if we want to get these vegetables? Uh, I know that yeah. you were busy delivering a lot during the pandemic, but how right. is it working at the moment? Yeah, so we have a couple of ways to um, find our veggies. And uh, one is in Penticton. We have a market at the Apple Plaza, and it's a small produce market. We sell all kinds of groceries as well from local purveyors, mm -hmm. and uh, we try to make local products accessible for everybody yep. and we're open there uh six days a week uh closed on sundays um also we have our online website localmotive.ca and we serve the entire south okanagan valley it's a home delivery service so it's a su subscription we say we farm you subscribe we deliver mm -hmm. that's our that's our, the way we operate that business so um, people sign up online and they can shop for the products they want, but typically it involves what is called a CSA box of veggies, which stands for consumer supported agriculture. So by subscribing to a box of vegetables, we can plan ahead as farmers and know how much to plant yeah. and, and do really accurate farming. Mm -hmm. And that way we're not wasting our time, yeah. wasting food. 
and uh, we get a really good product into the hands of our consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, listen, it's great to catch up with both of you. I'm pretty excited about it. I assume in the years to come, people are going to come up into this valley and actually see participate in uh, in what you're doing right here on the site. Of course, they'll be here to taste wine and, and check things out. So it's really exciting to have this biodiversity uh, growing already uh, in BC. And uh, I wish you both well, and please keep it up. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Thomas Tumbach and Tony Boot, who are managed crops here at the Garnet Valley Ranch. That's where we're coming to you from today, just above the town of Summerland. Up next, Christine Coletta and Daryl Brooker return. We're going to talk about Pinot Noir, uh, one of the major, uh, most important wines that's probably going to come out of this ranch in the next 20 years. I'm Anthony Gismondi. You're listening to BC Food & Wine Radio. We'll be right back. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. From mountain adventures and Okanagan wine, experience Penticton this holiday season. Visit one of over 80 nearby wineries with an intimate winter wine tasting. You can also sample local ice wines or pick up a holiday gift pack, basket, or even a case of wine. Can't make it in? Shop online and have the wine shipped right to your house. Before you go to Penticton, make sure to check the website for information on wine tours, tasting room hours, and highway conditions. And for more trip inspiration, go to visitpenticton.com. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata bench. Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards wine shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summer Hills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summer Hill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summer Hill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Happy holidays, British Columbia. Only three weeks to go. Better get that shopping done. Uh, there's so much going on across the province and fun things to do for the whole family. Uh, it's kind of nice to get in the mood as early as possible. Uh, here in Vancouver, we're starting uh, Sunday. The Richmond Christmas Market gets underway. Arguably the best uh, time to visit Vancouver's Capilano Suspension Bridge during its Canyon Lights Christmas display. Always a, a fantastic evening in December. The lights are amazing. In Kelowna, it's a craft culture holiday market at Prospera Place this weekend. And in Victoria, you may still find some tickets if you're lucky for the opening of the Nutcracker at the Royal Theatre. 
With the first show coming up on Friday, December 2nd, evening shows run this weekend with additional 1 p.m. matinees for the kids on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we're busy getting our shopping done this week, so we're recalling some of our favorite discussions from over the year, including this one with Dominga Cotarella, CEO of Familia Cotarella in Italy. Dominga, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me in this show. Thank you, thank you so much from Italy. Oh, we, we're so happy to have you on the show and uh, to talk a little bit about wine. And I, I don't think I know another person in the wine business who has such deep roots. Your family uh, has been making wine everywhere for so long. Can you give us sort of a very quick overview? Yeah, I mean, I, as I know, I told every day, uh, I was born in a family where wine has always been the main protagonist. My father, my uncle, my grandfather... Every one of my family has always talked about wine. Wine is the main <laughs> protagonist in our family. <laughs> I grew yeah. up with wine, I should say. You, yeah. It's a, you, you, yeah. Usually some kids run in the other direction when that happens, but you seem to have embraced it. <laughs> yeah, my, I remember, I still remember uh, the age of four years uh, when my grandfather used to give me some wine secret, secretly from my mother, of course, and against any pediatric rules with some water, of course. But I still remember, you know, the emotional moment. Just, you know, I share a passion with my grandfather. It was fantastic. Uh, I mean, uh, an emotional moment, I should say. Yeah. Well, I love that, and I want to talk about a couple of wines in a minute, but first I want to start with something completely different, and it's, 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 uh, it's something, uh, it's a higher education school called Intrecci, and maybe you could just introduce that to us, because I think it's such a great idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's in a school, it's an academy, it's a school uh, with my sister, we decided to, to start in uh, 2017. It's, uh, it's an academy for, we want to train new professionals for the hospitality service and for the uh, front of the service in the catering industry. I think that's so important to train people, young people, for, you know, the importance of the front of the service. So it's an academy, yeah. it's a campus formula. Our students stay with us for six months. They live together, they share the same, you know, uh, school, the same environment, the same uh, moment in daily life, and then they live for other six months um, in uh, in all over the world, and you know, working the restaurants in very important Michelin star restaurants and very important uh, hotel in the world, just to make experience. Because we think that we have to gap, we have to close this gap between kitchen chef and dining area. Because I think I'm convinced that you know. Uh, the, 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 um, the front of the house experience is the calling card of any restaurant. It yeah. can transform a good meal into a memorable experience. Yeah. In fact, it, and it's sort of, it, the way it's evolved, it's kind of like there's all these people who think they know something about wine, but they've forgotten about the whole experience of, of being in a restaurant. And uh, as, you, as you so rightly say, the client does not eat in the kitchen. He doesn't speak to the chef, and he doesn't come to the patisserie for advice. I just love that line. And he's, yeah, he's not, yeah, I mean, uh, and he's yeah. not given a seat among the burners. <laughs> he really wants yeah. an experience. <laughs> Yeah, it's an, a total experience from, you know, food, ingredients, wine, but even the way of receive, receiving people. You know, 
Uh, yeah. I should say in Italian we say good morning and welcome is much more important than buon appetito. So it's something yeah. much more important. The total experience. So the, the yeah. cuisine, the chef, the kitchen is important, the ingredients, but even the way we are receiving when we enter a restaurant, when we live an experience and a gastronomic experience. Uh, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, our guest is uh, Dominga Cortarella. She's the CEO of the Cortarella Family Winery in Umbria, and we've been talking about her school. By the way, you don't have to speak Italian to take the class. Is that correct? No, no, absolutely, because we have an international students. They come from, you know, you. Uh, USA, from Europe, from Italy, and we want to have, uh, you know, different experiences just to create uh, a real experience, but because they live together for six months, they have to share their different, uh, you know, lives, and they start a new, different reality, I should say, because they live together for six months in a school, in a campus <laughs> formula, and so it's yeah. important, because it's a, a sort of big brother, I should say. <laughs> yeah. So great. Uh, let's talk about a couple of wines uh, that are that have been in our market. They come and they go because they sell so quickly. But uh, maybe we'll first start with the Sodali Merlot. Uh, what can you tell us about this wine? Where is it from? How did it come about? Yeah, I mean, our company is a family-run company, and we are in Umbria, between Umbria and Lazio region. So is come from uh, Lazio, is 100% of Merlot, the same vineyard of our most important wine, Montiano, and mm. is a... Uh, the, the, it's, a, I should say, a comfortable wine. The wine that we can taste, we can talk about, you know, any single subject, any topics, and we can drink because it's a well-balanced, it's so, you know, um, it's a, a pleasant wine. You can drink and you can, it's a gastronomic wine. Very, you know, it's very important, the combination, the pairing with food. And Sodale yeah. is a typical Italian gastronomic wine, I should say. Yeah, and Merlot, sometimes people think Merlot is that a new world variety, but it's been growing in Italy for, for uh, decades, maybe a century now, so it's not a new variety. No, absolutely. Merlot, I, I mean, when the, in the story of, uh, about my family, my father started uh, cultivating Merlot in 1979, so a long time wow. ago, because, uh, you know, thanks to his period in Bordeaux, in French. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to try this grape even in our terroir. And just at the beginning was amazing, was wonderful, wonderful grape in our terroir because we have, you know, the right, uh, the right condition to grow up this kind of variety. So it's a precocious variety. We have, you know, we have a volcanic soil very close to lake, to Volcana Lake, a volcanic lake. So the importance of water is so it's much more important for a wine, for a grape like Merlot. Yeah. Uh I also want to talk about another wine. I know it's it's in and out of the market here, but it's a, such a fun wine, the Jelsey. It's got a great story. Maybe you could summarize that for our listeners. I think they'd enjoy that. Yeah, Poggio de Jelsey is a single vineyard wine. It's SSS DOC. Uh, SSS means is, is, is. Well, good, good, good. Because, you know, the bishop. Uh, when a bishop, the, the bishop came to Monte Cascone, our, our village, and he tried different Italian wine. And for each wine that he found good, he said, is good. When he arrived in our country, when he arrived in our village, and he said, 
SSS say good, good, good. There is, <laughs> there is, there is. And so, you know, denomination, the denomination SSS means, uh, you know, uh, has a particular story. But I want to say something. I mean, Poggio de Jersey, for my family, is, you know, the best expression of historical diocese, uh, of, uh, of an historical Italian diocese, but represents our, I should say, our link to our roots, but even our vision, because it's, a, you know, a, a different expression of what we inherit from uh, my father and my, my uncle. So it's mm. a very important one for my family, for the second generation, I should say. Yeah. Well, and you, you have a great history. I mean, you now are the, uh, the, the third generation with Marta and Enrica uh, that are running this winery. And you have this reputation now for recovering and restoring all these ancient varieties uh, that have been growing and maybe haven't been looked at uh, in the last, uh, you know, 50 years in Italy. But now you're, you're taking them back. Yeah, because I want to I want to tell you a particular sentence uh, belongs to a very famous German poet Goethe. Goethe mm, said, "What you inherit from your father must first be earned before it's yours." It means that you know, even if I, I mean, me, Martha, and Erika, we are three sisters. We inherit a very important product, Familia Cotarella Company. But you know, it's not because it belongs today belongs to us. It means that it's ours. We have mm-hmm. to give to our company our mission, our vision, our soul. And I think that we have to discover, rediscover some particular grape, some traditional grape as Rochetto. Rochetto is a very important traditional, original grape in our village, in our terroir. And we want to rediscover and we want to maintain even uh, international varieties, but, you know, both. Yeah. yeah, international variety has low, but even in, uh, you know traditional variety has Rochetto, Malvasia, the, mm. the grape we use for Poggio de Gelsi. Yeah. Uh, Dominga, it, it's so fantastic to talk with you. I always get inspired when I talk to Italians about uh, wine because they mostly talk about life and uh, they talk about everything else but wine. Wine is just one part of the picture. <laughs> And uh, I wish you well with that school. Uh, I I wish I was 25 years old. I'd get on a plane right now and uh, go to that school for six months, that's for sure. But maybe we've inspired some young Canadians to head over there and check it out. We'll have all that up on our website and uh, on our various uh, social media pages. Thanks so much for joining Mm -hmm. us, Dominga, and and for taking time out of your evening to join us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm waiting for you in Italy just to taste some of our wines and to see our school. <laughs> You're going to see me in Italy for sure. Uh, thank you again. That was Dominga Cotarella. She's the CEO of Familia Cotarella. Our show is available weekly on 20 radio stations across British Columbia, and it's on demand on all the major podcast platforms. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Attention winers and diners. Happy Hour at the Modest Butcher is back. Stop in for $5 wine, beer, and savings on craft cocktails and tasty bites every day from 2 till 5 p.m. during Modest Happy Hour. But wait, there's more. Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays are also making a comeback. Get your first bottle of Select Mount Boucherie wine for just 5 bucks when you order their juicy tomahawk ribeye with all the fixings every Tuesday night. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. ModestButcher.com. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. 
Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Gentle hills and secluded valleys, an ideal climate, and modern vineyard management. These are the foundations used to create Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. Made with the same grapes and care that go into their award-winning regular Rieslings, Einzweiss Zero captures the important natural aromas and remarkable properties of the terroir while still being refreshing, delicious, and absolutely alcohol-free. Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. For details, visit softcrush.ca. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Hello, BC. Come on. Happy holidays. A shout out to all the bounce radio stations across the province. When you hear a song like that, doesn't that put you in the mood uh, with less than three weeks to go? We're busy here just getting ready for the holidays. So this week, we're going to recall some favorite conversations from this year. And while this one is right up there, uh, we really enjoyed uh, this chat. We were in the tasting room at Corselet Estate Winery in the Similkameen Valley for a truly inspirational chat with Charlie and Jesse Basler. Partners at Corselet and in life. In this conversation, we talk about everything from being parents to their complete and total love of the wild and windy Similkameen Valley. Here's that conversation. Welcome, Jesse and Charlie. Thank you. It's Thanks, great to be great here. Great to have the two of you here. We seldom get to talk to two people that have a dream that they've accomplished. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still uh, it's been an exciting journey. Yeah. Work, in, work in progress. Jesse, yeah. were you in from the start to run a winery and? do all the work <laughs> that's a really good question uh i come from a background family business mm-hmm. but it's in aviation yeah and i was just here kind of on a um a, a holiday from my job in the arctic and i met this cute guy in this valley who was you know working at a vineyard and then <laughs> the next the next year all of a sudden there's a barrel and then the next year after that there's five barrels <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And that was Once it. Once you rolled out the barrels, you knew it was over. Well, as as you can appreciate, you always uh, date someone in wine country with a wine tour. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a ton of fun. It was so, good trickery. So, Charlie, you started. You were working in the Smilkameen. You did some work at Clos de Soleil, I think. And then, yeah, yeah. When uh, when I met Jesse, we uh, I was living. You know, so he's working uh, for a winery brewing out in Oliver, and so that's where um, that that tour took place and. Yeah, but we've worked at a couple different places in in the process, and um, yeah, we got the bug. I mean, it, you know, you, you you love the business, and mm-hmm. and you, you know, you learn so much. It's a really exciting challenge, and 
along the way. Um, you know, Jess, of course, shares it all. So I'd like to think I didn't trap her into this. <laughs> I but think, yeah, I think she does a lot of work. But your family, <laughs> your family were farmers. Yeah, way that's back right. when. That's so right. You, it wasn't a a new thing for you. No. So yeah, my my family's background is in agriculture. Um, I studied uh, environmental science with a focus in chemistry to do uh, everything but farm. My my vision as a young scholar was to save the world through environmental sciences and, and reclamation. Yeah. Um, you know, it translated nicely though as I graduated. I had some job postings out for colder, more remote regions. <laughs> And, uh, and, and you found and, one. And, and I found work in the wine biz and, and my experience in agriculture and my uh, recently accomplished uh, studies translated really well. And so I just I never left yeah. this this industry. It's been very exciting. And you never left the mountains. You're like 10 feet away from them. So you're, you <laughs> seem right. happy in that setting as that's well. That's right. That's right. No, um, the Similkameen uh, is just such an easy place to call home. Yeah. Uh, we love it here. Yeah. Yeah. You have a young family, Jesse. How do they? How do you manage all that in this space? Valley. Well, uh, it's a great place to raise kids. Uh-huh. Uh, we're pretty blessed. It's, uh, you know, we've got the river five minutes away and we spend a lot of time exploring that area with them. Yeah. Um, you know, they're definitely not city kids. They don't, you know, they don't, they're not enrolled in 10 different classes every week. They, we don't have that type of service, but right. we have the outdoors. We're hiking, we're taking them kayaking. Um, we, we try to get them involved in the vineyard. I mean, they're only sick so right now <laughs> grapes is really you know interesting for them but like the work getting to the, the grapes to grow is not sure. that interesting but uh yeah. we got a chicken coop now for the kids and they're pretty happy about that and we've got a great big german shepherd that we were hiding on you guys right now because <laughs> he's a, he's, a beast. he's just wondering what's going on and i'm not the center of the attention yeah he's, uh, their, he's their world so. well you you mentioned the river people whiz by we used to whiz through this valley to get to the okanagan now we stop obviously there's so many great things to do here in wineries but, but what can you do at the river how, how, how can people access the river well, that, that don't live here. Sure. So um, there's a great public park in Karami. It's called Pine Park, uh, and it provides good river access. Right. Um, the beach is a little stony there. I'd say just upstream from that, the Red Bridge and the, the Red, White Bridge. Yeah. Are Red, good, Red Bridge um, is great. Yeah, are great public access again with beautiful sandy beach type layouts and mm-hmm. um, the right time of the year, people jumping off the bridge. There's fishing, and it's also a really good launch point for those that right. are there to venture down the river on the you know. Uh, well, people float on anything, but really, uh, you know, boats, kayaks. Um, yeah. And then you can bridge your uh, your stops. You start at the Red Bridge, end up down in Carameas or Coston. You know, you can mm-hmm. choose how much sun you want. But there's a lot of amazing things to do yeah. just surrounding that body of water. I mean, you know, other regions have lakes. We have a river. So yeah. it's, there's uh, also um, the provincial park, Bromley Rock, which sure. is just before Princeton in mm-hmm. the Similkameen. Epic watering hole. Like That's probably our favorite family beach and camping camping ground it's a provincial campground Mm -hmm. it's awesome it's Mm -hmm. awesome the swimming there is just like you think you're in another planet our guests are charlie and jesse bessler they're partners at corselet estate winery in the similkameen valley it's the organic capital of canada you got a lot of farmers around you growing a lot of interesting uh, things so do you get involved in that too i mean i know you're raising grapes (laughs) but yeah i mean there's a huge community spirit in the valley we love i mean we source all of our product from as close to home as possible for two reasons i truly believe that it is some of the best product in the world Mm -hmm. and we get to deal with like-minded people couples just like us that Mm -hmm. are that are having a hard go at 
you know, working the land and, and living from it. And it's amazing to be a part of that and to support it. Uh, but yeah. The okay. Food. We better say something about the winery or we'll get shot by the <laughs> sure, marketing director. Sure. Uh, what about Corselet now? What, what can people do here when they come? What, what's the hospitality like? Other than very generous, as I can see. <laughs> so we uh, we used to do a service just within our wine shop um, mm-hmm. at the bar. And then after 2020, we realized that we've never really utilized this beautiful patio that we have outside here that has this incredible view it is over the valley. Amazing. <laughs> right? It's like yeah. the perfect view. That's K-Mountain right across. And then the, swim- the best swimming hole is just below that. And... Um, we now just do seated service outside on the patio, weather permitting, of course. And uh, we, we serve five to six different types of wines. Usually we go through our core portfolio. Mm-hmm. And um, we uh, we have some micro lot wines that we will sneak in there sometimes, right. depending on the t- time of the week people come to visit. Yep. And uh, our, our service, our staff is amazing. We feel like we offer a really great experience. We're not... Uh, <laughs> we're, we're not shy. We really like people to have a good time and enjoy themselves when they come. We, well, we, from what I can see, there's a lot of lingerers out there. <laughs> there oh, it's not like they come and go. They're, they just... I think you might have something to do with that. Though. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, and Charlie, maybe just quickly, how would, how would you characterize the wines here at Corslet? What, what kind of a producer are you? Sure. Um, well, we're the biggest Samil Kameen cheerleaders, so everything we're going to talk about is that. We, we really try to you know, share with the most exciting parts of different vineyards that we have. Um, our uh, riper or our, our bigger red portfolio is, um, you know, uh, Syrah and Merlot and Cabernet Francs. Um, and we make uh, those in single varietal or in blends. And uh, Pinot is a really exciting part of our program. Mm-hmm. We do some fun sparkling wines um, and uh, some really exciting rosés made from Pinot and Syrah as well. Mm. So we, we like to really harness and share the, the bounty of the valley through vineyards and wine. You're a bit of a mad dog worker, though, uh, from what I can see. <laughs> like you, 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 have, you have about 150 acres here, uh, and you've already planted, what, is it 40 or 29 29 yeah, yeah but you have a new project that you're looking at higher yeah. up so you never stop well no i i, I mean this we we just have a winemaking problem some people would say <laughs> uh, but we, we we uh people love our wines and so we just keep trying to to, to share that with them and it comes with yeah we love working our our site here yeah. um yeah, we got exciting higher elevation projects we're always chipping away on and lots of exciting stuff here. Okay, two questions that I always get all the time. Corselet, where does that name come from? What does it mean or why is it important? And also the symbol on your bottle, which is pretty cool. Sure, yeah. I uh, love to talk about honey. So uh, Corselet's named after um, a family farm in Corselet, Switzerland. And the term Corselet was... Um, which is used, where Charlie comes from. Just to put that into context. Right. Charlie's yeah. originally from Switzerland. Was used to define, um, you know, a, a garden community uh, put in charge of food production for fortified castles. So there's a few corselets in France. So there's a corselet in, in Eastern Canada, in fact. And so uh, it's not unique just to us, but that's what it symbolizes: uh, is a garden community or a, a royal garden, if you will. Um, the spiral is just like everything that you've hopefully kind of witnessed here in the last 10 years of our of our efforts is a continuous evolution and, and growth um, not just inward but inward as we develop our skills and our team and our family and uh, it resonates big with everything that we do that's a very mm-hmm. powerful symbol you guys have done a fantastic job I'm always impressed to see young people working so hard 
to make you know to be a part of the community and, and really uh, you know make this valley move forward and it's it's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of foot speed already but i i, I think you're going to enjoy and i'm sure your kids are going to enjoy growing up here in the valley we hope so. Oh, we, hope we hope so. so. Yeah. yeah, we love it. Hey, thanks for joining us on uh, for this interview. We just love uh, talking to uh, winery folks about some other things in life too. It's not all wine, uh, and uh, it's nice for our listeners to sort of get behind the screen and uh, meet you. Thanks so much. For sure. Thank you. Great to be here. That was Charlie and Jesse Basler. Always a pleasure to speak with this amazing couple. And that's it for today's show. Next week. We're back in our Vancouver studios here at BNN Bloomberg 1410. Till then, have a great week ahead. I'm Anthony Gismondi. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.